0: What's going on, listeners? Welcome to the Professionally Silly Station recorded on the Anchor app. I'm your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles-Jones, and this is the podcast where you can experience the silly, the random, the creepy, and the weird. A little something-something for everyone, you know? <laughs> you guys seem to uh, to really have enjoyed my last few creepy podcasts I've done on here, and uh, I don't know, I guess you guys are really into the dark shit. So, <laughs> so every now and then, I'm going to drop some creepy darkness amongst your ears. And uh, what well, we've done, the dark theories behind The Lion King and urban legends that are actually true. So if you enjoy this uh, type of content on here as well, call in or text my Google Voice number and let me know. 805-664-1828 or you can uh, tweet me on Twitter at True Smiles Jones, T R U S M I L E S, then Jones. So everything is spelled correctly, but true. True is without the E. So you can always uh, call, text, or tweet me about this or any podcast episode here on Professionally Silly, 805 664 182 eight. So for those of you listening via Apple podcast, I would love it. Love it. If you guys would leave a review on the podcast, help a girl spread her voice, you know, <laughs> I uh, I want to know what you guys think about the podcast and the you know, the topics that we discuss here, it would definitely definitely help me gain more listeners. Okay, so let's get ready to be a little creeped out. Today, I'm going to share some crazy stalker stories yes, that made me want to, you know, close my blinds immediately. (laughs) Having a stalker can be definitely terrifying. And the feeling that you're constantly being watched can be stressful, never knowing if you're alone, never knowing if the person stalking you might take things to the next level. The constant fear of danger is consuming and it can, you know, run your life for you. So we are going to talk about that right after you hear this uh, class breaking. I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to use that transition sound in quite some time. So there you go. And I hope you enjoyed the uh, the sound of breaking glass. <laughs> so let's go ahead and, uh, and get back to this uh, very interesting and creepy podcast. The Bureau of Justice Statistics reports that there are about three million people that are stalked every year, usually by people that they know. A former intimate partner is the most common type of stalker reported. As many as 10% of stalking victims fear for their lives, and all victims face massive disruptions to their routines. Now, that fear, it makes you second guess the simplest things. Should I go out tonight? Are they watching me right now? Is that them over there? It's an exhausting way to live. Now, I myself have experienced a stalker before, as well as aggressive behavior towards me from people who actually live in the same building as me. So it's not fun at all. I made a video about it on my YouTube channel, also called Professionally Silly, and um, the video is called I might have a stalker. Now, many of you may not know this, but my day job is a property manager for an apartment building. I moved to Los Angeles to become, you know, a stand up comedian, do some acting the same reason anyone moves to Los Angeles. Okay, but the fact that I'm a property manager by day as my day job, it means that I'm surrounded by different people every day that live around me and new people move in every year, sometimes every six months, depending on their lease. So there is bound to be different personalities and disruptions here and there. I can't, I I, I guess I can count on uh, probably like one hand, how many disruptive or hateful tenants that I've had. Well, to be honest, I'm kind of on my last finger on that one hand, but (laughs) still not a bad way to go. (laughs) But my incident began in 2018, last year in December. Now, I never disclosed his name before, but I'm going to today. His name is William. Uh, I won't say his last name, obviously, you know, for legality issues, but uh, he used to live in my building. And on December 3rd, 2018 is when I believe his obsession, you know, began the video uh, title used the word might, I might have a stalker. But later on, I learned that I actually did have one till this day, he still randomly pops up where I am and kind of feels the need to make sure, uh, that I know that he's around. And I, I saw him a few days ago actually. And he, he just can't seem to leave me alone. Uh, when I saw him a few days ago, I was at the corner store near my apartment and, uh, he does live in the same area. However, you know, I I do understand that, but once we see each other, he goes out of his way Uh, to speak with me or to say something that's going to frustrate me or, or whatever. (laughs) So in short, let me tell you what happened. In short, uh, in 2018, William decided to vandalize our building by pouring borax all over the stairs uh, of our building. And I confronted him about this. And, um, you know, he didn't like it because I saw the security footage of him doing it. That is when all hell broke loose and he decided to scream at me, calling me a nigger amongst many other horrible names, telling me that my family, they're all slaves and we all deserve to die. And... (laughs) best believe I verbally stood up for myself. You guys have no idea how badly I wanted to put my hands on him, but my mama didn't raise a fool and neither did my daddy, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I'm not going to jail for his dumbass. That's for certain. But if you want to hear the entire story about what happened, then make sure you check out that video on my YouTube channel, Uh, Professionally Silly is the name of my channel and the name of the video is I Might Have a Stalker. So uh, I'm going to see if I can go ahead and put the link to that video below in the uh, description box of this podcast episode. So at the time, I was full of anger and very proud of myself for not allowing this man to make me feel smaller or less than. Um, I mean, at the time, I was very angry, of course, but that could have gone a completely different way. Things could have gotten physical, but I decided to keep my composure besides, you know, this stereotypical angry yelling black woman, <laughs> you know, but I refused to become the name that he called me, you know. Now, I-, I also had another tenant at the time who had just moved in about three months prior to this altercation, who, by the way, is also black. And not just black. He's Nigerian. He's black, black like African black. Okay, he uh, he, he he too has been a troubled tenant as well. Uh, luckily for me, I've not had any physical altercations with him or anything like that. But it has not been easy. He's never gotten into my face and threatened me like William did. But uh, many people may not know this, but. A lot of African men, real African men from Africa, do not like or respect American black women. We are not compliant. We're very loud. We're very sure of ourselves. We're very confident. And I'm not saying that African women aren't. I don't really know the culture that well to, to give you an ideal of that, <laughs> you know, but I know for a fact, black women in America we got something to say you damn well gonna hear it okay and uh he didn't like that so he treated my co-workers as well as my boss very disrespectfully. And he did the same thing to me until one day I told him I will not allow him to speak to me in that way that he has been. I even recorded the altercation in case there was an issue, you know, down the line so I can cover my ass because, you know, once again, my mama didn't raise no fool. Okay. So he, um, he did not appreciate me standing up to him. And ever since then, he's gone out of his way to show his hatred for me. I don't get it. He sometimes even films me without my permission or knowledge in an attempt to try to get me fired for my job. He has filmed me at least three times that I know of. Now, the night that William called me a nigger, I saw him that night across the street. And at first, I was glad that he was there, you know, because as a black man, I thought he would, you know, he would have had my back, especially when, you know, calling someone a nigger, you know what I mean? But I was wrong. He actually walked down the block to hide behind some bushes to record the entire incident. And he he holds on to the footage for about three months, okay, and then sends the footage to my employers claiming that I was threatening a tenant and refused to work with me from there on out, meaning if he has an issue with anything in his apartment or something that he needs that has to deal with the building, he has to contact the office directly. He refuses to have any communication with me at all. And I don't understand at all. I really don't. Um, but what I, but what uh, he did not know was that same night after William called me a nigger, I immediately called my supervisor and the police at, you know, at that time, because I felt threatened You know, and I wanted to file a report so that I could have what happened on the record. Uh, The entire neighborhood heard this man screaming at me and the horrible things that he said. And actually, another one of my tenants um, was there as well. And he also called the police because he was worried that William would do something to hurt me or perhaps continue to vandalize the building. So the Nigerian man uh, filmed only a portion of what happened to me that night and decided to hold on to it to try to use it against me. He took a very vulnerable moment in time and tried to use that as a weapon against me. That is some fucked up shit. Okay, well luckily for me, I filed out an incident report and let my supervisors know what happened the very night, all of that went down. I called my supervisor in tears that night while the police were there. So they were already very well aware of what happened that night. So when my supervisors uh, saw the video that the Nigerian man um, emailed them, they were already aware of what happened. So his plan backfired and kicked him in the ass. I'm still employed. (laughs) He has has filmed me, uh, like I said, at least three times that I'm aware of. I no longer keep my blinds uh, to my windows open. I find myself constantly looking around to see to see if I see him first so that I can avoid him. The same thing with William. William drives like this silver car. And every time I see a silver car, I tense up. I feel like, you know, he's watching me. He's always there. Every little car, every silver car I see, I think it's him. I think it's him every single time. And it's it does. It does. When you feel like you're being watched, when you feel like someone's filming you or stalking you or what have you, it changes your daily routines. It does, you know? So, um, <coughs> luckily for me, uh, I'm not, I'm not physically afraid of these men. I am confident that I'm able to protect myself and do whatever is necessary, you know, for, to make sure that I'm safe. Mind you, both these men have lived or currently live in the building that I manage. Now William moved out since the incident has has happened and uh, he's taken it upon himself to continue to harass me. We're in August, the end of August, and he's still bothering me. He just refuses to move on. I do not understand. <laughs> the other man still currently lives in the building, but he will be moving out very soon. And I'm hoping that when he moves, he doesn't decide to behave like William and will con- and continue to just to move on with his life and just leave me in the past. I'm really hoping that. But if he decides to, you know, at the, at that time, he will no longer be my tenant and I don't have to watch what I say or do anymore. So, you know, good luck to him. I will fuck some shit up. Um, (laughs) But it goes to show you that not all stalkers are or were in a relationship together. You could do something as innocent as smile to a stranger and they take that differently in their heads and can become obsessed with you. You know, I believe that William had a drinking problem, and maybe a mental disorder, perhaps bipolarism. I'm not quite certain on that. But I know he had a drinking problem. And when you kind of cross drinking with with mental, you know, uh, issues, you know, weird, crazy shit can happen in someone's mind, you know, so there, there is more than one type of stalking. When you think of stalking, most think of a crazy ex-lover watching their exes at, at, at nighttime, watching the house at night, or someone calling you over and over again. But because of the modern times that we live in, stalking has grown into a modern whirlpool of hell. With social media and emailing being a thing, stalkers don't even have to leave their homes to terrorize you. And with, with cell phones, they can be anywhere to terrorize you. And that's pretty scary when you think about it. It can become very serious and could even involve repeatedly going into a person's house or harming their pets, making threats against someone, stealing possessions, or interfering with a person's relationship with their friends, families, or even coworkers. So yeah, things can get serious pretty quickly. So let's go ahead and jump into these crazy stalker stories. Okay guys, I had to be honest with you, this first story is crazy. The ideas that people put in their own minds, I-, I will never understand. This story comes from a female Subway employee. Definitely, definitely makes me want to check the back backseat of any car that I get into. She shares her story on Reddit. A little backstory. I'm a 20 year old short petite female working at Subway. And I can't help but be nice to anyone, even if they creep me out. I usually feel bad. About a year ago, we had this guy, 35 to 40 years old, who would come in every day for lunch. And he was fascinated by my stretched ears and the few piercings I had on my face and always asked questions. He would sit down after I rang him up and watch me from his table for two hours nonstop, just staring at me while I helped other customers and this goes on for about two weeks. Every day, he would ask for my number, saying he has plugs and tunnels he wants to give me, and that he wants to see me wearing them in my ears. I always politely declined. One day, I'm alone in the store because my manager had to go to the bank. We were really slow that day, so I was just in the back room messing around on my phone. I heard the door chime, looked up, and yet no one was there. Then I saw the man walk past the front door really quickly like he was in a hurry. The phone rings. Thanks for calling Subway, how can I help you? This, uh, is this the girl with the nice ears, right? Um, yeah, who is this? Are you alone in the back room right now? Are you working by yourself? At this point, I got really creeped out and and I knew it was him. I hung up and and, and text my manager the situation so she would hurry back. He called again, this time asking me weird questions like what did I do? What would I do with him in a room with a door locked and if I had a boyfriend and why was I playing hard to get, etc. My manager gets back and I tell her everything. In the middle of the lunch rush, he calls again this time my manager answers and to this day she never told me what he said but the look on her face made my spine shiver she told him if he ever called again or showed up here she would call the police i thought that was the end of it but alas i was wrong one week later i'm clocking out and getting ready to walk to my car parked in the front and when i walk outside I look outside and I see him standing by my car and looking inside of it. I was an idiot and I left the back door unlocked. I watched him crawl inside and shut the door. The creep was trying to hide in my fucking back seat to do God knows what to me when I got in. So my manager locked the front door of our store and called the police. When they arrived, they had to pretty much drag him out of my car and he was arrested on him was a butcher knife rope and a rag with chloroform on it if i hadn't looked up when i did i'd probably be dead right now what the fuck (laughs) that is some crazy what the fuck (laughs) someone if someone gives you a creepy vibe okay maybe you should trust your instincts Okay, because first off, it's bad enough she has to work at a Subway, let alone like, (laughs) you know, let alone having to deal with a a creepy stalker. I'm sorry, but let's let's be real here. Okay, (laughs) Subway has shitty ass sandwiches compared to any sandwich shop franchise. I'm just being honest. Okay, come for me if you want to, but I speaks the truth. But I am super, super glad that uh, she saw him before she got into her car because that that would not have worked out very well, I, I must say. I found this one on Reddit as well. Under the subreddit, let's not meet. This is a woman who found a strange man under her bed. I'm a 22-year-old, and this incident happened a year and a half ago. I just moved into my first apartment and was in the process of moving in. The door that led into my apartment locks itself automatically when closed. So when I was in the entrance of the apartment complex getting my mail while talking on the phone with my boyfriend, I returned to my apartment and sat on the bed while opening the mail and using the phone. I accidentally dropped the phone on the floor and it landed under the bed so I had to lie on the floor and stretch for it. I saw something that caught my eye. There was someone under my bed. My eyes widened and I choked the urge to scream. The person under my bed was still lying there with his back towards me and his head to his chest. So I couldn't see his face. And he couldn't see me. So I was trying to be rational while I had so many thoughts rushing through my head. So I picked up the phone and I said, Sorry, I I, I dropped the phone. I'm just going to take a shower and call you back. The bathroom is right by my bed. So I hastily and quietly walked into my bathroom and locked the door. I turned on the shower and jumped out my window and called the police. My apartment, luckily, is on the first floor. The police told me to wait nearby, but go across the street and see if anyone comes out the door of the apartment complex. Well, it was still light out, so I waited across the street, hiding behind a car while watching. I called my boyfriend, and he came to me just before the police arrived. I gave them the keys, and they went inside. Only moments later, two cops came out holding a thin and tired-looking man. He had crazy eyes, but he didn't resist. And I, I, I was a complete mess. I was shivering and crying. The officer that had stood beside me and comforted me while the police searched through my house told me that the man stood outside my bathroom door with one of my kitchen knives waiting for me to come out. This man had somehow crept in my entry door while I was getting my mail and hid under my bed. It turned out he was a homeless person and was placed into a mental institution. My boyfriend? Well, he moved in with me the very next day. Thanks for reading. I just wanted to share my story so that others, they might know what to do if a situation like this occurs. The police told me what I did was truly amazing and rational. If I had screamed, this would have really ended up badly for me. Damn. <laughs> wow. Can you guys imagine? Can you imagine that? Oh my God. I need to start looking under my bed now, too. I got to look in the backseat of cars, under my bed. Let's go ahead and add closets to it while we're at it. <laughs> that got me shook for real. I don't even want to go into the next story. <laughs> I just want to go ahead and take a second to thank you guys so much for listening to my professionally silly podcast here on Anchor or whichever auditory platform that you chose because your Audible boo thing is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and seven other podcast platforms because your girl certainly gets around. <laughs> also, in other awesome news... If you have ever wanted to start your own podcast, you might want to pay attention to what's next. That's right, you've got to come and join the podcasting community and share your voice here on Anchor. If you are already a member of the Smile Squad, I appreciate your support, and if this is your first time listening to this station, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you haven't already, please go ahead and tap that subscribe slash favorite button so that you can be notified whenever I upload new podcast episodes. So I've got lots more amazing content coming your way. Okay, so before we jump back into these creepy ass stories, let's discuss for a second why stalkers stalk. Now, stalkers often say that they love their victims. Some even say that they stalk them to keep them safe. And the sad thing is they really believe that. You know, psychologically, stalking is a crime of control. They see their victims as possessions, something that belongs to them. Now, some mental health issues can lead to stalking, but this is not always the case. What makes a stalker? You know, it it could be narcissism, rejection, obsession, or just plain fantasy. Stalking actually affects 6.6 million people in the U.S., you know, and they say it's like three out of 10 of those people report experiencing emotional and psychological harm as a result. Now, in, in, in a common misconception... It is very common uh, misconception that stalkers are socially awkward when, in fact, it's very common that they are very easy to like. They can even be charming at first. It's not until later we see who they really are. Young love. We always thought it would be forever when we were teenagers. We couldn't see past the moment in front of us. This next story is from Reddit as well, about a high school love that just went way too far. My high school boyfriend and I broke up, and I was a senior and he was a junior. We split up, and he was already controlling, judgmental, and abusive. I was moving on to college at a local university, and he went fucking crazy, lost his goddamn mind. He began by sending me threatening messages, about 200 a day, phone calls, and showing up during my classes, and showing up to my house. He broke into my car and sat in the back seat. My best friend and I had uh, gone to the movies, came out, and I was going to drop her off at home. She noticed a huge mark on the passenger side of the car. Looked in the back seat, and there he was, lying on the floor, trying to hide. So I bought a new car with new plates. So then he started breaking into my dorm room. Then I left the dorms because I felt unsafe and moved into an apartment not far from the college campus with two female roommates. He found out where I was living and broke in there, too, while I was in the shower. I told him to get the fuck out, and he came after me with a knife. I had to call the cops, lock myself in the bathroom, and of course, by the time the cops showed up, he was gone. I was dating a newer guy and he he was absolute gentleman. He was fantastic. And I warned him about the ex-boyfriend. Now, of course, the ex-boyfriend decided to crash one of our dates and jumped my new guy with five of his friends. Unfortunately, I ended up with with my face smashed in as well for being a cheating whore. I moved back into my parents' house. Ex-boyfriend attempted to break into my parents' house at 5 o'clock on a Sunday, so my entire family was home. My dad caught him and put a gun in his mouth. That was the end of that. Dad is 6'5", ex-military, and scary. Now, of course, my dad didn't kill him. However, I think that scared ex enough. And I only call him because I don't respect him at all. He has left me alone for five years now. I travel back home frequently. And when he sees me, he now looks the other way. Holy shit. Can I just say that she has the dopest dad ever? I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't even begin to imagine dealing with a situation like that. You know, he attacked her with a knife. You know, he's hiding in her apartment, in her car. That's a lot. I'm really glad that, uh, that it ended the way that it did. Homeboy just realized that her father is going to, you know, blow his head off. So that, that's a good reason to leave a bitch alone. I, I, I got to say, that's a great reason to leave a bitch alone. What's up, Professionally Silly listeners? Before we get to our last stalker scary creepy story, uh, I want to share some awesome news with you guys. If you are digging the Professionally Silly podcast and you would like to support it, now you can. You can now make monthly contributions as low as 99 cents a month or $4.99 or $9.99 a month right here on the Anchor app. And if you have commitment issues or you don't have the Anchor app, there's always PayPal, so there's no excuse. (laughs) www.paypal.me slash amber smiles jones this will help bring professionally silly to another level and let's be honest guys it takes a lot of time and effort that goes into creating the content and it's super awesome to have the opportunity to better my podcast and the professionally silly brand plus you know i got bills okay And Chasing Dreams is expansive, so I am super excited to go on this journey with all of you. Thank you so much ahead of time for your support and future contributions. So, that being said, let's go ahead and get back to uh, our creepy, scary, terrifyingly weird stalker stories. Welcome back guys. We are at our last scary stalker story. And I got to let you guys know there are even cases where people are being stalked by someone they don't even know, just like you've heard, you know, before. This story is kind of well known and it's widely known as The Watcher. This story has made international headlines for years. So if you want to Google it for yourself, go ahead, just Google the Watcher, you'll find it, it's there. Now, if you've heard this story, then you know that it's one of the most terrifying stalker stories out there. It's a story that hasn't stopped for decades. And allow me to explain what I mean by that. This stalker doesn't stalk people per se, but he stalks a specific location, a house in Westfield, New Jersey. Now, the Brotus family, Derek, Maria, and their three children, bought a six-bedroom home in 2014 at 657 Boulevard for about $1.4 million. Oh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> now, at this time, the family is excited because they have just purchased what they think is their dream home, you know, in one of the most safest cities in the country, unfortunately, They were wrong. They were stalked and received letters for about five years from an unknown person known as the Watcher. After they closed on the house uh, on June 2nd of 2014, before they moved in, the family started receiving threatening letters in their mailbox. And these letters had no return address, which is super creepy. But the really creepy thing is that the person who wrote uh, the letter uh, seemed to know who they were and that they had just purchased the home. And the letters were signed, The Watcher. Now, the letter was addressed to the new owner, and it read, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its one hundredth and tenth birthday. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It's now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The letter writer goes on to describe their minivan and the contractors working on the renovations of the home. He goes on to say, I see already you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. He then went on to say, Tsk, tisk, bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Now, <laughs> that's some creepy ass shit, Okay, if you ask me. <laughs> he is basically saying, you know, my family has been watching this house for decades, but my friends, it gets creepier. Let's rewind to the previous owners of the house. November 29th, 1990. The past owners brought the house around that time. And they actually received the same unidentifiable letters as the Brotus family was receiving as well. So let's go ahead and fast forward back to 2014. The letters said that they were from the last person in the family who was designated to watch the house in Westerfield. It sounds to me that... The person who wrote the letter had family who owned the property at one time and somewhere down the line lost ownership, perhaps. So they decided to watch the property instead. Needless to say, the family was too afraid to move in. And I have to be honest with you, I don't think I would move in after getting a letter like that either. So the homeowners who sold the house to the Brotus family did not disclose about the letters they received for years, which, let's be honest, is completely fucked up because I feel like a heads up would have been in order. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, by the way, there's this guy who stalks a property and leaves creepy ass notes in the mailbox. <laughs> Just wanted to give you a heads up. So this way is the kitchen. You know, like, <laughs> can, you, can you let us know? <laughs> the the Brotus family buys the home expecting to live a happily ever after and have no idea what they have gotten themselves into. And the previous owners didn't admit that they had received letters as well until much later down the road. Now, when they were confronted about why they didn't say anything about the letters, they responded that they didn't think the letters were that bad. But y'all know, good damn well, those motherfuckers were trying to sell that damn house any, by any means necessary. That's, that's what they were trying to do. Now, a few days after they moved in, on June 5th, 2014, they were starting to, they were starting to move things in. The Brodus family received another letter. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with young blood, I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. What the fuck? Now he's bringing the kids into it. So then on June 18th, they received two more letters. This family was terrorized for years, uh, you know, by this unknown person, the Watcher. He sent them and so many creepy letters. I'll share some of their contents with you, but there was a lot of them. Let's see here. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that pass 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows. You can see 657 Boulevard from. Maybe I'm in one. Look at all the people stroll by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am one. All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. What the entire fuck? This is, this is so creepy. That first, he's, prefer, he's referring to the children as young blood, which is weird as hell, especially in the way that he's saying it. He goes on to say even, just more creepy things. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and you for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. Okay, so this person clearly has lost their fucking minds. He also goes on to threaten the family in a way that they could be hurt or even killed. Maybe by a car accident, maybe by a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. day. Mm, This kind of sounds to me he's threatening to poison them too. Maybe the mysterious maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. With the young blood play in the basement, are they too afraid to go down there to alone? I would be very afraid if I were them to go downstairs alone in the basement. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who is in which room. Then I can plan better. Have a happy moving in day. You know I'll be watching. What the fuck? (laughs) My question to you, uh, those of you listening to this right now, uh, what would you do if you received strange letters like that in your mailbox? I'm curious. Like, let me know. About six months after the first letter, the family tried to sell the home. But at this time, you know, there were rumors about the home having its own stalker and they weren't having any luck selling. Then they sued the previous owners for not disclosing this issue before they sold the house. But that case was dismissed in 2017 because the previous owners, like I said before, you know, they downplayed the letter that they had received. In 2015, police were able to test the DNA on the envelopes. Now, they were able to determine that the writer was actually female. Now, I got to be honest with you, um, I didn't see that coming at all. The letters, they seem to be postmarked from a city about 20 miles away from Westfield, Uh, New Jersey. So an FBI profiler examined the letter and determined that the person writing these letters is old, probably elderly. In 2000, which is, I didn't (laughs) see that coming either. I thought, obviously, man, I don't know why you hear creepy shit. you, You think guy, a man did it. It's probably a creepy white dude. That's usually what it is <laughs> in the movies anyway. In 2016, they tried to get permission from the city to just bulldoze the house and replace it with two different houses. But that request was denied and the family ended up renting the home in hopes that they could eventually sell it down the line. And the insane thing is, is this case is still unsolved. Now the, the, uh, the, Buddhist, uh, the Brodus family, excuse me, finally sold the house this year in 2019. And I believe at a $440,640 loss, they, they lost pretty much about uh, $500,000 in the sale of the house. And they almost lost, they lost about hundreds, if not thousands <laughs> of dollars for a home, Hundreds of thousands of dollars for a home that they never got to live in, and no one knows who wrote the letters till this day. Can you imagine that you're buying yourself your dream home? You've spent one point four million dollars and then you get all these creepy ass notes before you can even move and settle in. Now because you're terrified of what could possibly happen to you, your kids, your wife, whatever, it is it's scary. It's scary. I don't think I would have moved in either. And nobody wanted to buy the house because they were terrified that they would be, you know, terrorized as well. This family lost over five, pretty much, you know, $500,000 for a home that they didn't even get to live in. That's some crazy shit. (sighs) Damn. Damn. Okay, so obviously this world is full of crazy people, and I will let you define your own definition of crazy, but just know the world is full of them. (laughs) Now I know in this podcast episode, we covered stalker stories where men were the stalkers. But trust me when I tell you there are plenty of female stalkers out there or maybe non-binary stalkers. I don't know, but (laughs) maybe um, we can do another podcast episode about them as well. I I certainly hope that you enjoyed this creepy episode of Professionally Silly. If you did enjoy it, you know, please sure to uh, let me know, you know, share this podcast with your friends and family, you know, call in. You know, let, let us us know how you digging my content also let me know if you enjoyed the stalker stories uh, specifically because i I would like to do more creepy stuff, especially the closer we get to Halloween. I guess we got a little professionally scary today, didn't we? (laughs) Also, if uh, you want to follow me on my other social media platforms, I've got TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and a few others, along with clickable links to each of them in the description box of all of my YouTube videos on my channel, also called Professionally Silly. Also, don't forget to uh, check out my video, I Might Have a Stalker. As I was telling you my story earlier, you can get more details of that story through that video. So follow, subscribe, fan me, like me, whatever you want to call it. Let's just uh, let's go through life together. Let's have some fun. Once again, I am your audible boo thing, Amber Smiles Jones. And thank you so much for listening to the Professionally Silly Station here on Anchor FM, where I take my silliness seriously. Feel free to call in about this or any episode here on Professionally Silly that you've heard. I want to know what you're thinking, you know, and if you don't have the Anchor app, you can always call or text my Google voice number 805-664-1828. Once again, 805-664-1828. Tell me which episode you listened to and uh, share your opinion, whatever it may be. Did I say opinion? Share your opinion, whatever that may be. Until next time, my loves, watch where you step. You because know, there's pieces of shit everywhere.